Hello everyone, you're listening to Bible Coffee Talk with Allie Benfield, and I'm so happy you're tuning in. I hope you're well and living your best life for Jesus Christ. On my podcast, we talk about subjects that some, if not most of us, are either going through, dealing with, or just want more information about. But we apply the Bible and the love for our Savior Jesus Christ, hoping that it will enrich our lives and help us as we walk righteously in obedience with the Holy Spirit. And we do it while enjoying a hot cup of coffee together. Because after all, this is a fellowship between friends. Am I right? So grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's learn more about Jesus Christ. Sound good? Awesome. So let's dive in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today on Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Benfield. I'm so glad you're joining me. Today I'm drinking one of my favorites, which is a vanilla biscotti coffee, and I'm already on the third cup this evening. It's that good. Okay, so in today's episode, we're talking about suicide. Does the Bible say anything about it? It sure does, but it doesn't actually come out and say the word suicide. Before I continue, I just wanted to say two things. The first would be to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this podcast so that if this is not a topic you want to hear or discuss, you have the option to leave now. Second would be to stress that if you or someone you know is struggling with depression or a mental health issue, please reach out and seek help. I'm going to give the numbers to a couple suicide prevention places as well as include them in my description of this podcast so you'll have them for future reference. Please don't be embarrassed or discouraged. I highly encourage you to make this call if you feel the need to hurt yourself. The Canadian suicide prevention number is 1-866-277-3553. In the States, it's 1-800-273-8255. But before we continue, I need to surrender this podcast to the Lord for his blessing and approval. Let's pray. Abba, Father God, please, please draw near us during this podcast. Lord, you know everything and everyone. You know our hearts and our minds, and you know who's hurting and who needs you and your spirit. Please, Lord, let this podcast reach those that need to hear your truth and your word to bring them comfort and peace. Lord, cool any thoughts of suicide from those thinking of carrying out something that will truly hurt your heart. Please, Lord, speak for me on this one. You know I struggle with speech and pronunciation. I ask you to take over. Please let every word spoken out of my mouth bring pleasure to your ears to bring glory and honor to you. I ask you these things and I thank you for these things. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so this podcast was a bit hard on me and I'll tell you why. The research part isn't the part that I have difficulty with. I actually love doing that part. And in school, I used to be very good at finding any and all back data and research to support a paper. Writing it out was no problem. What I had trouble with was speaking and pronunciating words. Giving the oral presentation, standing up in front of people, I couldn't do that. I couldn't. So right off the top, I'm just going to let you know, I may mess up some of the pronunciation of some of these names. I don't mean to. I will give you the scripture uh, so that you can look up yourself and see who I am referring to. Okay. Now, um, this topic is especially hard because I was once in this exact spot. I didn't think about um, just suicide. I really wanted to die. I carried it out. 
um, to, to a certain point, like everybody was gone in my house. I was all by myself. And if it weren't for the interruption of the Holy Spirit, allowing things to turn and alter my course, I would be dead right now. I wouldn't have all the blessings that I do have in my life. And I can't imagine my even entertaining such thoughts now, like I did then. Right now I have the the love of people that I truly care about, um, that I love deeply. I have two beautiful children and those amazing people that I call friends. I, I just, I would have lost out on all of that. Over the last 50 years, the suicide rate has skyrocketed exponentially. Suicide has become a serious escalating problem. While statistics paint a clear picture of suicide's impact, raw data doesn't alleviate the grief families feel when their loved ones commit or attempt suicide. Suicide has a way of causing all those around the person to be affected by their actions. For Christians, a biblical perspective sheds light and pro provides ways to address the problem. Suicide affects all nations and cultures, with the United States ranking 27th among the nations in the number of suicides per population in 2018. But more telling than raw statistics about suicide is what the Bible has to say. As I said earlier, Christians will not find the word suicide in scripture, but the actions of suicide is seen throughout scripture as evidence of the struggles some have had with the effects of mankind's fallen nature. The first person I'm going to reference is wicked Abimelech. He committed suicide, persuading another man to help. Mortally wounded by a woman who dropped a millstone on his head, cracking his skull, Abimelech cried out to his armor bearer to kill him with his sword. Proud Abimelech didn't want his death to be attributed to a woman, so his servant thrust him through and he died. And can I just say, wow, a millstone, if you didn't know, is a very, very, very heavy piece of concrete. Some millstones can weigh up to as much as 3,000 pounds. So to have one dropped on your head, like, yeah, ouch. Judges 9 verse 54 says, Then he called hastily unto the young man, his armor bearer, and said unto him, Dry thy sword and slay me, that men say not of me, a woman slew him, and his young man thrust, in, thrust him through and he died. Okay, the second person I want to discuss is King Saul. Mortally wounded, he fell on his own sword to prevent the Philistines from capturing and abusing him further. First Samuel chapter 31, verse 4 to 6 says, Then said Saul unto his armor bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, the, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw what Saul that Saul had saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. We can see that with these verses, many who took their lives that day, uh, it was not just Saul that took his own life, but his armor bearer, his three sons, and all the men that were with them that had accompanied Saul. His actions had affected so many people. It wasn't just his death, his death had indirectly caused several, several people to do it as well. Then there's Ahithophel, uh, Absalom's counselor. He gave the king's son advice about pursuing and killing David. But when Absalom ignored his advice, Ahithophel 
hanged himself. And we can read about that story in Samuel chapter 17, verse 23. And when Ahithophel saw that his counselor was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulchre of his father. Here, it clearly talks about the mindset of Ahithophel and how he planned his death by making sure his household was put in order. People who put their house in order typically are preparing for death, whether you've been given a uh, medical uh, sentence, like you, you're, you got a disease and you're dying. People tend to put their houses in order. I just want to say that when the devil comes and tries to fill our minds with his filthy whisperings of doubt and lies, we need to instead fill our minds with the Holy Spirit in his word. When we pray and read our Bible, Satan can't stand that and he flees. Do you remember when Satan tried um, in the wilderness to tempt Jesus? Jesus didn't respond in any other way than to quote scripture and Satan fled. He left him. The next person I want to talk about and discuss is Zimiri, a servant of King Asa of Judah. He killed the king and reigned in his place, which began a short reign of terror. When Omiri, the Israel army commander, came against the city of Tirzah, Zimiri, other, sorry, rather than be captured, set himself afire in the king's house, which had his young man thrust him through and he died. Like, can you imagine that? Setting yourself on fire? Wow, that's harsh. We can read about that in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 16 through 18. And it says, And the people that were encamped heard say, Zemiri hath conspired and hath also slain the king. Wherefore all Israel made Omiri, the captain of the hosts, king over Israel that day in the camp. And Omiri went up from Gibbethon and all Israel with him, and they besieged Tirzah. And it came to pass when Zemiri saw that the city was taken, that he went to the palace of the king's house and burnt the king's house over him with fire, and he died. There were also two possible Old Testament suicide attempts. Samson. Samson destroyed the Philistine temple and died along with them. And you can find that in Judges 16 from 29 to 30. It's not clear whether this was a suicide or an act of bravery as a military strategy. So I really don't know. Uh, that's up, up to debate. So uh, we can read about Samson in Judges chapter 16, verses 27 uh, to 30. Um, it says, Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. Uh, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged in the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and on which it was borne up, of one of the right hand and one in the left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines, and bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon um, the people that were in, therein. So the dead which he slew in his death were more than which he slew in his life. That's a lot. That's a lot. 3,000 people. Some also believe that Jonah attempted suicide. You can read about that in Jonah 1, verses 11 to 15. They said unto him, uh, What shall we do 
unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us for the sea wrought and was temptuous and he said unto them take me up and cast me forth into the sea so shall the sea be calm unto you for i know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you nevertheless the men rode hard to bring it to the land but they could not for the sea wrought and was temptuous against them wherefore they cried unto the lord and said we beseech thee o lord and beseech thee let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood for thou o lord hast done it pleased thee and they took up jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging i just want to stop here for a moment and again say that if you or anyone you know or love suffers from depression and mental health issues you need to talk and seek to get advice um, i encourage you to talk to a doctor or call a suicide prevention number feeling depressed feeling weighed down is a scary feeling trust me i know and i said that in one of my other podcasts that god allows us to go through certain hurdles and obstacles in our life not so much for us but because it's all part of his plan for us to help others and he's using us in such a way because we might be strong or resilient brave or have a fighter spirit where the person that he's wanting us to help does not suicide is nothing to joke about it's not anything to entertain because as the bible says in exodus 20 verse 13 it's very simply it very simply says thou shalt not kill by taking your own life you are essentially killing what god has made and that's a sin sinning is is human we err we make mistakes not one of us are perfect except one the lord jesus christ we we're going to mess up and fail however when we fail or sin we get the chance to repent and change if you take your own life you're gone that chance to ask for forgiveness and to seek repentance is gone as well and now you've died with your sin and that's a huge no-no you'll never be able to to call out on the lord to help you to save you to better your life it's gone and you don't want that ironically there really is only one nod to suicide in the bible do you know where it is and with whom did you say judas <laughs> if you did you'd be right and if you didn't i'll tell you about it the disciple and betrayer of jesus uh, hung himself when he understood that he had betrayed innocent blood and we can read about that in matthew chapter 27 verses 1 to 5 and it says when the morning was come all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against jesus to put him to death and when they had bound him they led him away and delivered him to pontius pilate the governor when judas which had betrayed him when he saw that he had con that he was condemned repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders saying i have sinned in that i have betrayed the innocent blood and they said what is that to us see to see thou to that and he cast down the, the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hung himself hanged himself can i just add that uh this one I kind of understand. I mean, here we have a man who was a friend and a disciple of our Lord Jesus, who lived a life of greed. Uh, Jesus was always, Judas was always looking for ways to scam. In fact, he was the one that held the purse for all the disciples. And when the Lord would send um, him out to purchase a food they would need for their suppers, it was Judas who held the purse. And many times he would take a few coins out. You know, he'd like skim a few off the top. Yeah, 
Um, there are many reasons why people might commit suicide, and they're not addressed directly in scripture. For example, a chemical imbalance causing severe depression, a mental illness that might drive people to commit suicide. The enemy seeks to destroy. The Bible teaches that Satan, the father of lies, was a murderer from the beginning. Uh, he comes to to kill. Sorry, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He plans destructive thoughts in people, even Christians, and they may choose to act on Satan's lies and kill themselves. Jesus Christ gives life because Jesus is life. God, on the other hand, emphasizes the sanctity of life. Jesus came to give us an abundant life and freedom. And it says that in John 10, 10, a thief cometh not, but for to steal and kill and to destroy. I am come that I might have that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Lord doesn't want us to live in fear, but to discover strength and help him and help in him. Sorry. Um, Isaiah 41 10 says, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee in the right hand of my righteousness. I love that verse. I really do. Psalm 34, verses 18 to 19, it says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart. They saveth such as be of contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver him out of all, out of them all. But it is by faith and trust that we know we can cast our cares on the Lord and know that he will not condemn us. Psalm 55, verse 22 says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee, and he shall never suffer the righteousness to be moved. Romans 8, verse 1 to 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Jesus Christ, who walk not after the flesh, flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. All are made in God's image. In the Old Testament, we discover we are made in the image of God, and we'll find that in Genesis 1, verses 26 to 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, created he, he him, male and female created him he them. And in Genesis 9 verse 6 to 7 it says, Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. And you, be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. Here we see in this particular scripture in Genesis, the Bible talks about shedding blood, and that because we are made in his image, we're not to do that. And if we are made in his image, why would we want to kill or destroy? Look, we all have flaws, and I'm very insecure about my flaws. And I ask people close to me all the time for confirmation. You know, am I okay? Did I do this right? Did I sound okay? How do I look? And I think that's something that the Holy Spirit is really putting on my heart to stop doing. Because for so long, I cared about what others thought. And the Lord is telling me to Stop, you know, Allison, stop that. Stop trying to please others and to focus on him. Case in point, this entire podcast, I struggle to sometimes speak and get what I need to say out. Pronunciation is very hard. Reading, not so good. 
<laughs> and I would constantly ask people close to me, how does this sound? Did I sound okay? Was it all right? Um, and and I, I know that the Holy Spirit's telling me to stop that, to just trust in him that he will give me the words to say. And so when I pick my, myself apart, the Spirit of God makes me aware that in, indirectly it's coming from Satan. There are always going to, people are always going to have their things, air quote. <laughs> Life is just never going to stop. It's always in a constant state of perpetual emotion, moving, evolving. Babies grow to adults, tears dry up and smiles arrive. Okay, I'm going to share something here. My grandmother once told me something that I have never, ever forgotten. And at times in my life when I've been put down and salted, I had the most disgusting names hurled at me. I've always held on to what my grandma said. And I've remembered those wise words. She told me that a flower gets planted deep in the soil. You know the seed? It's dark. It's cold. It's lonely down there. She told me that no matter what, that little seed sits waiting for God to bless it. Eventually, the heat of the sun warms the soil, and the water reaches down to the seed, giving it exactly what that little seed needs. My grandmother would smile, and she'd pat my cheek, and she'd make me feel so comfortable. Kind of like us sometimes. You know, she'd say, Mogabid, um, you know, which means my little love. Uh, the relationship I had with my grandmother was very special, and when she passed away, that hurt my heart a lot. And she'd say, um... You know, that's kind of like us, isn't it? Mulgabid. And I'd be like, yeah, uh -huh, it sure is. I didn't really understand what she was saying way back then. Anyways, she would go on to explain that this little seed and she would say that um, when it's in the cold, hard ground with no light, no water, very little air, the filthy dirt almost suffocating this little seed until one day God decided that, you know what, it's time to split that seed open. And from the tightness of the dirt around the little seed, it literally has to fight through the filth and the rocks and the dirt until it finally breaks free. The water, the life-giving water has reached the roots. And from the water that the little seed starts to absorb, it starts to sprout and grow. Mogabid, that's you, my grandmother would say. Okay. God has put you in the dirt, in the rocks, so that through every struggle you grow through, you grow. You get stronger. His living water is what your roots need for you to grow big and strong so that you are not just a, quote, baby Christian. And when you break free from the grime of that dirt, it's when you feel the sun, S-O-N, and his power and his majesty on you. Yeah, my grandmother always had so many wonderful pearls of wisdom and she always gave them to me when she saw I was struggling, when she knew I wanted to give up, but she would always encourage me to keep going. Not yet, Mogabid, she'd say. You know, he's not done with you. Keep going. Suicide opposes the natural tendency of humans to preserve their own lives. It's contrary to self-care. Um, cuts off the potential for loving relationships with family and friends and it's contrary to loving and honoring the Creator. God wants his children to choose life, not death. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, both that both thou and thee, seed, may live. Okay, so do you see how wise my grandmother's words are? She uses, she used Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 and the seed to tell me exactly what I needed to know 
back then that I had to grow through the dirt and all the things that were holding me down and covering me up, I had to go through that in order for me to bloom and shine in the sun. I love that verse because God is literally saying, choose life. He wants us to live. And by ending our life, we're essentially ending that of our lines. Now, whew, did you know that for women, we hold in our womb several generations? It's true. So in my womb, um, before my children were born, I held my daughter and my, my grandchildren inside me. Let me explain. Um, a woman holds eggs and those eggs are her children. And because her children are inside her, their eggs are inside their daughter. It's beautiful when you really think about it. And the same goes for men. A man holds his future generations inside him. His son and his sons hold their father's grandchild. I mean, it's crazy when you really think about it. Now, with that being said, if you were to end your life, you would essentially be ending future lives because they're already inside you. They just need to be um, to have the added ingredient from your spouse to complete that final step of being brought to life. It is our sovereign God's right to give and take life away. Job 1 verse 21 says, And said, Naked came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Humans are required to be faithful stewards of life. He gives. Uh, believers are temples of the Holy Spirit and they don't belong to themselves, really. In the New Testament, we learn about the Holy Spirit and how he indwells inside believers. The Christians should treat him with respect. Absolutely. Sometimes I get a kick at <laughs> reading the Bible and I'll tell you why. There's times when righteous anger is felt and you can feel in what you read that the person who had written whatever verse they're angry and it's a righteous anger other times we learned like yesterday in the episode of sex that there's some really steamy parts of the bible and the next verse i read i i listen to it i can't help but think it's funny and i'll tell you why in first corinthians 6 verse 19 it says what Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have God and ye are not on your own. <laughs> See what that that first word, what just gets me in all things. We should be giving God the glory in first Corinthians 10 verse 31. It says, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Suicide is not uh, an appropriate response to our problems. And we are therefore not allowed to murder anyone, including ourselves, because technically that's what suicide is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I could call a daisy a rose, but in the end, it's still a daisy. Killing is murder. And that would include ourselves. Genesis 9 verse 6 says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. The command to not murder is part of the Ten Commandments. Remember, we read that earlier in verse, um, sorry, Exodus 20, verse 13. So let me ask you this. How useless or important would something be if it called God to use his own finger to write it on a tablet of stone and required it to be laid to rest in a special ark where upon a holy tabernacle was made and held in a room called the Holy of Holies? 
Would that be useless or highly important? Suicide dishonors our body in the Lord uh, who created us. God wants us to care for our bodies in the same way that Christ cares for the church. In Ephesians 5 verse 29, we read, For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Many New Testament saints and Jesus himself were tortured and put to death. They did not commit suicide. Instead, like Paul, they fought the good fight of faith until the de their death. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 to 8, it says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the end day, and not to me only, but unto all of them who also love his appearing. Okay, so is suicide the unforgivable sin? Some people believe the sui that suicide is indeed the impartable sin, unpardonable sin. Mark 3 verse 28 to 29 says, Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the Son of Men, blasphemes wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme. But he shall blaspheme against the Holy Spirit hath never forgiveness, but it is danger of internal damnation. Because there is no room for repentance, suicide is not pardonable. The unforgivable sin of Mark 3 is associating the Holy Spirit's work with the work of Satan. Nothing can separate true believers from God's love in Christ as we see in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Do you hear that? Nothing, nothing can separate us from our Lord, the love of our Lord Jesus. John 10 verse 27 to 30 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them from my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. For the Christians all sins past, present, and future are forgiven through the faith and the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Confession of sin allows for intimate fellowship with God, but a believer's eternal destiny is set at the moment of receiving Christ. Repentance. It is not our seal unto the kingdom of God. Our seal is the Holy Spirit. And you'll find that in Ephesians 1 verse 13. Common sense teaches us many, if not all, Christ followers can die with unconfessed sins. For example, sudden events like accidents or heart attacks may leave victims no opportunity to repent and confess sin, but they are completely forgiven in Christ. So, as a Christian, how are we to help? How can I help somebody else? Okay, so number one, pay attention and ask hard questions. Christians are not to make judgments about others' destinies. That is not our job. That's God's. He has delegated that to Jesus, and we can read about that in John 5, verse 22. But Christians who want to reach out to people who may be contemplating suicide should become aware of the signs from someone who's thinking or talking about suicide. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline says that there are three major signs of immediate suicidal risk. One, a person who talks or wanting talks about or wants to die and tells people about it. 
Two, a person is looking for a way to kill oneself, such as searching online for information about suicide or obtaining articles to carry out such the task, meaning a rope, a gun. A person talks about feeling hopeless or, or having no reason to live. All of these are reason to be alarmed. It's alerting to new and increased behaviors that may relate, relate to loss or sudden change or a painful event. Although counterintuitive, talk to the person. Let them know that you care and that you're there. The only way to know for absolute certain is to ask the person if they're thinking about taking their life. Ask them to open up and talk to you. Be a friend in need. Be Christ-like. That's what we're told to be. This may encourage a suicidal person to admit that their need is there and they might get the help from professionals. Number two, listen to those who are grieving. Romans 5, sorry, Romans 12 verse 15 says, rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Also, Christians can learn how to help those who are grieving after a loved one or a friend's suicide by encouraging them to attend support groups or contact a biblical counselor. Make sure that the grieving do not go down the road to emotional um, trauma alone. There are there may be many unanswered questions or things left unsaid. Encourage Christians in their own spiritual growth and commitment to life and console them with biblical truth. Even though it may be hard for them to hear in their intense grieving, remember that when Lazarus died, Jesus grieved him and he cried. He cried out for him. He did. It's during the most painful and the most difficult times that we reach out to our Heavenly Father. We are to seek His face and to hold on to His truth that we get from the Bible or surrounding ourselves with those who love Him and can help our walk to Him to get stronger. God is waiting. He has never left you, nor has He forsaken you. He has always been right there beside you. He wants so desperately to, to hold you and to tell you that if you just trust Him, He will help you. But all you have to do is ask Him. If all you can say is one word, mercy, that's what I do. Every single time I struggle, I fall, I'm drowning, I, I can't go on. I say one word, mercy, and he shows it. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. I know it may seem that way. I get it. I've been there. I have been there. I myself have tried to commit suicide, and it's only by the grace of God that I am still here and praise him that I am because I have lost everything that I had ever cared about. <sighs> okay, no one is ever going to know how you exactly are feeling. That's only something that you can feel, but Jesus knows. You need to turn that over to him. I'm here to tell you that this is a big, big world, and what you're feeling you're not the first to experience depression, heartache, loss, anxiety. But the, the good news is you won't be the last. The Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ is but a prayer way. All you have to do is call out, call out to him, ask him to help you. <sighs> okay. If you're unsure where to go, uh, how to find Jesus, if you want him, but you don't know what the next step is. You don't know how to read the Bible, how to decipher the Bible. You don't even know how to pray. Please, I encourage you to look me up on Facebook. My profile is open. Just look for me, Allie Benfield, and I will gladly lead you to know Jesus Christ personally. Personally. You can know him personally. He is yours for the taking. He died on the cross for your sins so that you would not be separated, separated from him separated from him. Can you imagine that? There's, there's nothing worse. There's absolutely nothing worse. Whatever you're going through is like nothing.
compared to being separated from the Lord Jesus Christ, call out to him. Ask him into your heart as your personal savior. It's that easy. You don't need to know any fancy prayers. You don't need to know any, you know, great big words. I don't either. All it takes is Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. That's it. He loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. He took your sins for you and from you and put them on himself to spare you so that you would have everlasting life with him. Thank you for stopping by and listening today. I pray that the Holy Spirit was able to minister to you with his truth. If you need help, if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, please, please seek help. Seek help. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I've done it myself. In Canada, the number is one 277 3553 And if you're in the States, it's 1-800-273-8255. In other parts of the world, you may need to look up numbers for crisis centers that are around you, or perhaps call out to your family doctor or simply call 911. Asking for help is never a bad thing. It's not. A small child in a classroom, when they need help with their schoolwork, that's what the teacher is for, to help. <sighs> call out to the teacher. Jesus is there. He will help you. He will lead you. He wants you with him. Whatever you're going through, please don't give up. I pray you stay encouraged. Read Joshua 1.9. If you can Google it, if you have a Bible, look up Joshua 1.9. It talks about encouragement. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. I just wanted to thank you for taking this time with me today to fellowship and learn more about our wonderful Heavenly Father, His perfect Son, Jesus Christ, and the incredible Holy Spirit as we apply the Bible to our lives and our faith. I hope that what you heard and learned today has touched your heart and is tended to and ministered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that He fills you with His discernmentship and understanding so that the words of the Bible imprint on your heart with meaning and worth. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning soon, and when He does, I pray that you're among those that are caught up in the sky to meet Him so that you could join in the wedding banquet called the Feast of the Lamb. Until we're together again fellowshipping over coffee, <laughs> This is Allie Benfield signing off. Bye for now, guys. <laughs>